Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. You know, the goal of every parent is to see their child and their children grow and mature. That's the goal of every parent. As a parent, I wanted to see my kids grow physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and not necessarily in that order. And uh, we know that physical maturity is developed over time. And, and it, depending on your DNA, you may mature faster than someone else. But, but the goal is you give a child food, and over time, they will grow up bigger and they'll grow up stronger. Emotional maturity is developed through self-awareness and expression. There is, is not an age attached to emotional maturity, as I've watched some five-year-olds act more emotionally mature than some 50-year-olds that I know. And so uh, there's really no age attached to it. Emotional maturity is achieved when one learns to respond through controlled emotions and not react through emotions that control them. And I don't know about, about you, but, but I can speak for myself. That is something that I'm still growing in, that I'm still maturing in, is my emotional maturity. But spiritual maturity is a little different than the previous two because spiritual maturity is developed in humility. And that's what I really want to talk to you about just for a few moments here is about spiritual maturity and how it's developed in humility. You see, it's not about how much scripture you know, although that doesn't hurt and it will help you grow if applied the right way. But it's really not about how much scripture that you know. It's not about how much you pray, although that doesn't hurt either. And and I think it can aid in your spiritual maturity. It's not even about how much you give, although giving could be a sign of spiritual maturity. Giving in itself is not spiritual maturity. Like emotional maturity, spiritual maturity does not have an age attached to it. Spiritual maturity does not have an age attached to it. It is different in the fact that it is less about self-awareness and it's more about being aware of others and their needs. One of the life lessons that all parents want their children to learn is how to think of others. That is a goal of every parent. We want our children not to be selfish. We, that one of the first words that they learn it, when, when they're small is mine, 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 mine. We have this natural tendency to look out for ourselves and to be selfish. But, but a good parent wants to teach their child to think of others. And, and God wants that life lesson to be learned by all of his children. It doesn't matter your age. God wants you to learn that life lesson to think of others. It doesn't matter if you're young, you're old, black, white, male, female. His desire for us is to grow in our spiritual maturity. Jesus said it like this in Mark chapter 12 and verse 31. We just learned this recently. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, think about them. Think about your neighbor. And then in Matthew 7 and 12, he said, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Notice he did not say, do to others what they're doing to you. I think that's how we want to interpret that sometimes. Jesus said, do to them how you want them to do to you. So treat them the way that you wish that they were treating you. Even if they don't, you treat them the way that you want to be treated. And so we, we come to this interesting uh, scripture in, in Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22. And, and there, there's this scene. I want to set up this scene for you. And then the praise team's going to come back up and we're going to sing ourselves out, uh, sing ourselves out of here. We're going to be happy and, 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 and we're just going to celebrate on our way out the door. But I want you to get this scene, okay? Everybody listen. Children, listen to Pastor Rocky. Because I'm going to describe some of you here in just a moment. 
sitting at the Last Supper, Jesus is pouring into his disciples. This is his last chance before he is arrested to give them final instructions. So parents, I want to ask you, have you ever had important information to tell your kids, but they won't stop arguing and picking at each other, and so you never get a chance to tell them? They just won't hush, and and you're wanting so bad to tell them this information, but they just keep going at each other. That's exactly what was happening here in Luke chapter 22. The disciples began arguing among themselves about this. Get, get, Get it. Here's the topic that they're fussing about. Who's the greatest among us? That's, that's their, their argument. Who's the greatest um, among us? Not even realizing that the one who is great is sitting right there listening to everything that they're saying at the dinner table. So they're having the last supper with Jesus. You know, they're all sitting on the same side of the table. All right. Some of you will get that about two miles down the road, but it's okay. They're all sitting there. They're all eating together at the Last Supper, and they start arguing about who is the greatest. And this wasn't the first time that this point of contention had come up. You see, in Luke chapter 9, they started arguing about who is the greatest. And I love what Jesus does. Jesus grabs a child, pulls the child up close to him, and then starts telling them, unless you accept this child, you can't accept me. And and he goes into the, the, the details of that. But he's basically telling them, this child is more mature than you are. And so he uses the child as an object lesson right there. And that's why I feel like I can use my children as object lessons at any time that I want to, and I, I choose to. But Jesus says these words to him as he's holding the child's hand teaching his disciples about spiritual maturity and he says for he who is least among you is the one who is great so that's what he tells them whoever is the least among you that that's the one that's great you get to mark chapter 9 and 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 they're traveling down the road they are walking to capernaum and and i I picture jesus being ahead of them and, and you know because he's the driver and so you know jesus is driving they're in the back seat back here and they're arguing and, and, and Jesus, when they get to Capernaum, Jesus asked them, he said, what were you arguing about? It wasn't that Jesus didn't know what they were arguing about. He knew exactly what they were arguing about, but nobody wants to tell him. What are you arguing about? And everybody just, just zips it up right there, right there in that moment. Nobody wants to say a word. And Jesus tells them, he says, if anyone would be first, he must be least of all and servant of all. And then in Matthew chapter 20, They're having this argument, and it's not enough that the disciples are having this argument. Now mom wants to get involved. The the, the mom of, of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, mom gets involved, and she looks at Jesus, and she says, I want you to do me a favor. When you come into your kingdom, I want you to grant that one of my sons can sit on your right, and the other one can sit on your left. And I can just picture Jesus just just looking at her and going, you have no idea what you're talking about. No, and, and here's what he says. He says, whoever must or whoever would be great among you must be your servant. In other words, mom, you have no idea how the kingdom of God works. And if your sons want to be great, they're going to learn how to serve. And so we get to Luke 22, verse 24 through 27. It says, then they begin to argue. Now picture this. They're at the Last Supper. They're arguing. They, they begin to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. And Jesus told them, In this world, the kings and great men lorded over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, 
The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you as one who serves. So Jesus is turning this whole thing upside down about if you want to be great, it's not going to be people coming to you and serving you. If you want to be great in my kingdom, it's not going to be people, you know, uh, answering your beck and call. It's not going to be people just constantly going out of their way for you. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you're going to have to go out of your way to serve others. That's what it looks like in my kingdom. And church, a mark of spiritual maturity occurs when a believer takes off the bib and puts on an apron. That's what spiritual maturity looks like. Don't come to me with how many verses you've memorized over this past year. It helps if you apply it correctly. But if you want to show me your spiritual maturity, more importantly, if you want to show God your spiritual maturity, take off the bib, put on the apron, and serve people. Because immature children wear bibs and expect others to meet their needs. But once you reach this age of maturity, you trade the bib for an apron and you no longer expect someone to do it for you. Spiritually immature Christians expect someone to feed them and then make them feel good about themselves. That's spiritually immature Christians, mature Christians. They will bypass comfort to serve others so that Christ is exalted. Understanding that spiritual maturity brings with it the joy of serving others. And so let me share this, this quick story with you and, and then uh, praise team, you can come on up and we're going to get ready to get out of here. But a few months ago, Mandy and I were, were having dinner with a, a, a few families in our church. And one of them, one of the families, they were hosting it at their house. And we were sitting around the, the table and we had a great meal that night. I mean, just it, it, was, it was some of the best food I've, I've ever had. It was just a great time, wonderful fellowship. And, and it felt like things were starting to come to an end, like it, it was time to clean up. And I, I noticed that, that some of the wives sitting around the table, they stood up and they started cleaning their dishes when the head of the household, the man there, the husband, sitting at the head of the table, he said, no, 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 sit down, sit down. He said, I've got it covered. And that's when he called the children, not just his children, but all the other little children too. He already had a private meeting with the kids and said, we've got this covered. The kids start coming and they start taking our dishes to the kitchen. They're asking if we want refills for our drinks. They ended up serving us dessert. I thought to myself, I am a loser at parenting. What did I do wrong? These kids were just serving, just serving. It, it was an amazing, amazing experience for me. Later I found out, he was paying them. John Roscoe was paying them. Not a bad idea, though. You know, in the moment, serving seldom feels rewarding. But understand this, church, every project that you do, not just in serve month, but every time you pick up a broom to sweep in the name of Jesus, every time you serve a cup of water in the name of Jesus, every time you go out of your way to serve, to serve those within the kingdom when we serve each other, to serve those outside of these walls when we serve our community through various projects, Every time that you serve, you need to understand that your heavenly father is taking note of that. We don't serve to earn our salvation, 
But because we have salvation, it should create a heart in us to serve. And the Bible is very plain that when you do serve, there are rewards that come with that, not salvation. You cannot earn your salvation. I want you to understand that. But there are rewards that come with serving, going out of your way to benefit someone else. There's, there are rewards with that. Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24 says, whatever you do, now just, just plug it in right there, whatever it is, whatever you do, whatever service you provide for the kingdom of God, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as a reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Romans 2 and 6 tells us, he will render to each one according to his works. And so when we serve, there are rewards with that. And then finally, Galatians 6 and 9, it says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Understand that verse. In due season we will reap if we do not give up. It means you are planting seed every time that you serve. Children, adults, all of us, every time you serve, no matter how great or how small it is, you are planting seed, and in due season, you're going to reap a harvest from that. Your Father, your Heavenly Father, He is taking note of everything that you do. Trust Him. And I'll tell you this, that this church is great because of the way that we serve. The way that we serve at home, the way that we serve on the mission field, the way that we serve, God has blessed us time and time again. God has blessed us. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.